Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Double Long Podcast. This is episode number 11, and this is the podcast where Dave and I talk all things wrestling. Wrestling. You know, I dropped that intro for a little bit, and I wanted to bring it back because it's fun. I missed it. Yeah. So this is the November 9th edition of the Double Doink Podcast, and we have a less busy week of wrestling to talk about than we did last week, but we had an exciting week in wrestling this week. Yes, we did. Because last Thursday... Uh, October 31st, they announced that Survivor Series was going to be a three-brand pod, uh, three-brand show with Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. And needless to say, WWE went full tilt Friday with didn't, the NXT invasion. Didn't take long. So, before we get into the NXT invasion... And Friday Night SmackDown. We do have NXT UK to talk about. The October 31st edition. I didn't catch it. I was getting tattooed. And I don't know if Dave caught it. Nope. Okay. Kids were over the house. Did the trick-or-treating thing. It was really nice. So neither of us caught it. So I have the results here as to what happened. But we didn't see it. We don't know what happened. So we're just going to break down the results real quick. A tag team match with Rhea Ripley and Piper Niven. They defeated Jazzy Gabert, the alpha female, and Ginny. Uh, the A-Kid defeats Cassius Ono via countout, and then Tyler Bate comes down for the save to prevent a beatdown. Uh, Joseph Connors defeats Roy Johnson, and Jordan Devlin defeats Dave Mastiff. So, some some major matches there. If you guys are interested in going seeing any of those guys compete, or any of those ladies compete, uh, go check out those matches on the 31st of October edition of NXT UK. Now I can finally breathe. I need to, like, I need to actually breathe. You need to catch your breath because there's a lot that happens between Friday Night SmackDown, Monday Night Raw, and Wednesday Night NXT. It was a uh, very exciting week, especially after the discussion we had last week. Yes, with the entire invasion angle. Detailing thoughts about our idea of what the invasion invasion angle is going to be. Yeah, and it was completely different, but it was the same thing because we had uh, New Japan invading. Yeah, I mean... Like I said, I still we have th- had discussions about an NXT invasion before. I still, I still think there's a possibility of that, and I know there's the whole thing that's going on with Jericho going back over there to have his match and stuff like that. Yes, he is going back to have a match with, uh, I think it's Ta- Takahashi. Yeah, because there's Takahashi and Tanahashi. Yeah, all I know is I almost feel like that's a one-off match. I think it's just a kind of yeah, it is finish finish a, a contractual obligation. Yeah, so um. We're going to start with Friday Night SmackDown. We're going to do an entire breakdown on Friday Night SmackDown. Raw, we're going to kind of not rush through, but we're going to hit some major points. And then NXT and AEW, of course, it's the Wednesday Night Wars. We're going to go into detail. Yep. The reason we want to do Friday Night SmackDown is because it was such a good show. And it was <clears throat> WWE having their back against the wall because, because their of talent, travel issues. Their talent was stuck in Saudi Arabia. After the pay-per-view, and basically they had to scramble and say, we've got to put something together. Because from what I had heard, initially, what happened with Lesnar was supposed to be saved for Monday Night Raw, and the invasion was technically supposed to be saved for Monday Night Raw as well. And they basically rewrote it and used it for Friday Night SmackDown. Yeah, which really, really helped oh, Friday Night SmackDown. Yes, because I read a statistic after over the weekend... Friday Night SmackDown's viewership 
went up by 186% from the previous week. From previous week, from 886,000 to 2.5 million. Now, what hurt them the previous week was obviously being on FS1 because of the World Series. Yes. That hurt them. But, I mean, that's still a big leap, and I know it was a big leap still from the previous episode on Fox. Yeah, because it had been pre it's been continuously going down, but then that was a huge spike in the viewership. Yeah. <clears throat> now, they start off hot. Not even with part of the invasion angle. No. But Brock Lesnar quits SmackDown. And he's going to Raw to fight Rey Mysterio. No, not fight. He's going to hunt <clears throat> Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Those were his words. He is Rey Mysterio hunting right now. And, you know, he's got that look in his eye. And the nice thing about Brock is these smaller guys always get the best out of him. Yeah. He gets his best matches with smaller guys. Balor, AJ, Daniel Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins. You know, he gets his best matches out of the smaller guys. Yeah. Um, That's how we get one champion on each show. Yeah. Because after Crown Jewel, we had two champions on each show. This is the way that they switch the Universal and the WWE title. It's smart. It is. It really is, and it makes sense. It's not like Brock quit for no reason. He's been having a feud with Ray, who is a Raw superstar. Yep. So that's how he finds his way over to Raw. Great booking. Yes. After that, we have a match between Bailey and Nikki Cross. In a championship match, Bailey wins. But then after that, we have the beginning of the invasion angle, where we have a run out from a hooded figure who attacks Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks from behind, drops the hoodie, rolls on the ring. It's Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler lays Bailey out. Nikki Cross gets a hit in. She gets hit once, but she rolls to the outside, and she's not really involved. Yeah, she essentially just leaves Bailey to be cannon fodder to Nikki Cross, <laughs> uh, to um, Shayna Baszler. And the thing is, is Baszler actually hits a move to lay Bailey out. It's not like she yeah. tried to go in the ring and choke her out. She hit her some, with some kind of like uh like face plant suplex. Yeah. That was vicious. Yeah. And Bailey sold it. Oh yeah. Bailey's great. Yeah. Which it's really interesting to see a very fresh heel Bailey be destroyed by an even better heel. Well, I don't I don't necessarily think it was destroyed because you got to remember Bailey just went through a match with Cross not destroyed, but laid out. Yeah, she she was put down, and I think that's why, you know, what's going on as we go further and further into SmackDown and we go into Raw. That's why this whole invasion thing that NXT has done has worked as well as it has. Yeah. And, and subsequently, when you get to NXT on Wednesday, what happens with other members of yes. other rosters yes. coming into NXT? Yeah. And it. This really set it up because it just basically showed that NXT is like, you know what? We don't care if you're a heel. We don't care if you're a face. We're coming in and we're here to destroy you. Yeah. And that was what it was. That's exactly what happened in the next segment too, backstage with Sami Zayn. He's being interviewed and asking about Shinsuke and everything. And Shinsuke is not there because he couldn't get back. Um, And then walks up Keith Lee and Matt Matt Riddle, Riddle, which greatest tag team in NXT right now. Yeah, I mean, they're a fun tag team. They're a fun tag team. Not the greatest tag team. That's Redragon, 100%. Now, uh, Forgotten Sons. There's so many good tag teams. Yeah, you know what I mean? but this is just another like thrown-together tag team, but yeah. it works. It works. It really does with these two. 
And um, Sami Zayn's trying to sneak out of getting getting beat up by saying, oh, I have my NXT shirt on. Like, I'm so excited that you guys are here. And he pulls it down. It's just a plain black T-shirt. And he's like, I was, I was, I was eating something in the car, and I wanted to make sure it didn't get dirty, so I switched it out. Let me go get it. And he starts walking off, sc- off screen. And then Riddle and Lee just kind of look at each other, shrug, and just start following him. And then they end up chasing him out into the ring. And then... Um, <clears throat> Riddle, uh, Riddle eats a uh, hits him with a ripcord knee, and then Heath Lee does a t- a second rope moonsault. Big man can fly. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. I mean, we've seen that enough with his over the top rope dives that he's done versus Dominic Dijakovic, which he did another one on yeah, Raw. Night Raw, but he's he's incredible, incredible. I can't I I can't wait to see a belt on this guy. Oh yeah. He'll have something eventually, very very soon. Um, up next was a Miz TV segment, and he was supposed to have the Fiend on, but the Fiend couldn't make it. Or he was supposed to have Bray Wyatt, yeah. on, but he couldn't get back from Saudi Arabia in time, so he had to scramble. Who does he scramble for? But Daddy Tommaso Champa. Tommaso Champa, the Black Heart, comes out, and Miz he basically is berating Miz and saying. You are everything that's wrong with wrestling. That someone like you can have the success that you have when you're more worried about being an actor and being a movie star and being this and a reality TV star and all that. And Miz basically just bites back and says, I've been doing this for 15 years. I've been hearing this for 15 years and I'm still here. What is? What do you have to do about it? Then they have a match and Champa wins. Yeah the right thing i mean i'm not saying that you 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 use miz in that context but it's the right context to use the miz in that type of match especially when you have the invasion you know it's the perfect segment it's the it's the it's the perfect duality of personalities you know what i mean you have this guy who was a reality tv star you know basically got his break with the wwf because of him being on a reality tv show and having his fake belt and stuff like that and yeah don't get me wrong the miz has definitely earned his credentials over the years with the intercontinental titles and the world championships which this is recently celebrating 15 years of miz so that's why they had this segment yeah um but then on the other side of duality on the other side of the coin is Tommaso Ciampa, a guy who's been cut from every organization had to rebuild his character had to work back from the ground up and you know is the, you know, at the time of his injury, was the best heel in the business. And I'm pretty sure, I might be mistaken, Champ is a local guy. I don't know where uh, Champ is actually hailed from. Hold on. Let me uh, let me look this up real quick. Right. But that's my favorite side of this, is that you have a true duality between the two of them. You know what I mean? You have a guy who was cut by WWE in the past, a guy who was cut by TNA, WCW, and um, you have a guy who, you know... From the outside looking in with The Miz, looks like he was gifted a lot of his stuff because of his, you know, personality. He was able to go out there and just be this pompous guy. And, you know, he's definitely worked at it. He's a, he's an excellent, excellent, excellent craftsman of this sport. But he just, um, he has that, you know, oomph about him. That's why Daniel Bryan didn't yeah. like him for so long. And Daniel Bryan and Tommaso Ciampa have very mirrored image <clears throat> yeah. of their careers where they went through... Tommaso didn't do as much on the indie side 
as Daniel Bryan did. Yeah, he did. Tommaso's an indie bred guy. But what I'm saying is, is he's not being heralded for that. No. I'm, what, I'm, what I'm more harking back to is Tommaso Ciampa has been built through the NXT pipeline, through the OVW. The Blackheart character has been built through yes. NXT. The Daniel Bryan character was built through the Indies. ROH and all that stuff. Yeah. Correct. And, they, and, they, and even though they tried to do the NXT thing with the Nexus Invasion and all yeah. that stuff with Daniel Bryan, he was fired... And then at that Survivor Series, he was there as a WWE guy, not SummerSlam. as a uh, SummerSlam. Yep. As a WWE guy, not as a Nexus slash NXT guy. So yeah. that's where the that's where Tommaso Ciampa and uh, Daniel Bryan kind of differ, but are kind of the same. So. Yeah. Tommaso Ciampa, born and bred, Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> of course. Northeast. Perfect. Um and yeah, we were talking about this while we were in Philadelphia this past weekend. We were talking about names of finishing maneuvers. The fairy tale ending is one of the greatest named finishers. That and Bloody Sunday are two of the best finishers in in the entire WWE, but they're the best named ones as well. Oh, currently, yes. <laughs> currently, yes. I, mean, I have I have my personal favorites from back in the day. Okay. Come on, nothing works better than the Tombstone pile driver for the Undertaker. Or the last ride or Snake Eyes. No, no, no. Tombstone, the Undertaker. You know what I mean? It's the perfectly named finisher for yeah but then you have the fairy tale ending with the black heart i know it's it a great name it's a great a great fit um <clears throat> next was uh bianca belair backstage laying out carmella and dana brooke wrecking shop um they were meant to have a match with fire and desire but made them need new opponents so out comes tegan knox and rhea ripley now this kind of foreshadows what happens at NXT and we'll talk about that when we get to NXT. Um and then Rhea uh taps out Mandy Rose using a modified clover leaf. Which is one of her Which is one of her finishers. Vicious. It, it almost looks like she's ripping the legs out of the socket yeah, she which, holds them up. Which is perfect for Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Um this was my favorite segment, what happened next. A backstage segment between Triple H, Heartbreak Kid, and D Brian. Brian wants to fight Triple H. But Triple H isn't there to fight. He's here to lead. But he has someone there to fight. But as he's saying that, Shawn Michaels is taking his jacket off, looking like he's going to be the one to fight. Daniel Bryan turns to look at Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels shivers, says, Ooh, it's cold in here. Puts his hoodie back on. He completely teased the match that we all want, which is Daniel Bryan versus Shawn Michaels. Yeah, it's a match that's never going to happen. It's though. never going to happen, but everybody, that's a dream match. Of course it is. But then out comes Adam Cole, baby. And he says that he is the one that Daniel Bryan will face. And it was for the NXT championship. Yes, too. it was for the NXT belt. Um, Bryan was like, if I'm going to fight you, I want that. And points at the NXT belt. Which would have been great. But Cole wins clean. Which is with a Panama Sunrise into a last shot. Pins him one, two, three. And then out comes the entire NXT locker room. Well, everybody who's there as yeah. part of the invasion. <clears throat> Which was great. And it ends with the Triple H beats um, saying that they have fired the first shots. And it's their turn to come back. It's time for war. We are NXT. He grabs Shayna with one arm. He grabs Cole with the other. And he has his Triple H face on. Yeah. But he also has <clears throat> his two dominant heel champions <laughs> there. You know, front yeah. and center. 
And it's nice because I'll get to something that I noticed about what happened during that whole speech when we get to NXT. Okay. Because there's something very important about everyone out there is talking about the brand war, the brand war, how everyone's standing up for their brand. There's something very different about the NXT brand than there is on the other two brands. So I'll get to it when we get to NXT. And now we're going to be moving on to the November 4th edition of Monday Night Raw. Now, I I wasn't huge on this episode. There was a lot of filler. Well, that's the thing is it looks like they're going with a lot of the filler right now to try to really heighten this uh, this invasion that they're doing. Which there were some really good moments of the invasion. Yeah. And the thing is... is they're trying to also find their way a little bit due to the fact that, I mean, you are changing over champions. Um, you're changing belts from brand to brand. You couldn't yeah. really display the other belt last, you know, on Friday because yeah, of what the happened. Yeah, wasn't there. He wasn't there. Um, and then, I mean, you have the, um, arguably probably the best thing that's going on with Raw right now, which is, you know, Mysterio hunting at this particular moment yeah. with, with uh, Lesnar because that's which how the show pretty Ray much Which came opens. out and got his comeuppance. Yeah, I mean... He laid in some pretty good shots with that bat. Um, it was just one of those things where I Lesnar opens the show. Yeah. I'm out here, Ray, Ray Mysterio hunting, and if anybody hides him from me, I'm going to wreck you. And he just goes throughout the back and is just tormenting people. Then he comes out, goes to the commentators. The thing that, like... Yeah, and lays Dio Madden out. Well, not just Dio Madden getting laid out. Uh, the thing that Heyman says to uh, Jerry the King Lawler about, yeah, this time you will die on air. You know what I mean? Wow, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, you know what I mean? And that's when Dio Madden steps up and gets put through the table, and then obviously Ray comes out, makes the save using the bat. Wow. Yeah. I didn't but, catch that but you know, part. You know what? It's got to be one of those things. We always talk about like certain angles. Like We talk about the Lashley, Lana, Rusev, <laughs> Trump, Leo, Love Triangle. At the end of the day, anybody who gets written in, they have to be okay with what's said. So clearly, Jerry the King Lawler was okay with what was, was being okay used. with that. Yeah, but man, what a jab! And it just shows how much of a heel Heyman can be, how much of a heel Lesnar truly is. Yeah, but that's really like the best collective segment that's going on with Raw right now because everything else, like you said, it kind of just feels like filler, like the Ricochet stuff, like the Drew McIntyre stuff, um, the Rusev Lana, you know, Lashley, Lashley crap. stuff, um. And then you obviously are filtering in all of the takeover stuff with NXT with um, Seth Rollins kind of being lost a little bit right now because, you know, I almost feel like he may be on the wrong show. I almost feel like he still needs to hunt down The Fiend. But, you know, we'll kind of get into that as we go through our recap. Yeah, the next point I have is the Triple H Seth Rollins segment where Seth Rollins comes out and he wants to talk about his future. And now that he's almost done with The Fiend, that The Fiend beat him. He doesn't know where to go. And then Triple H comes out and the UE comes out and confronts him. <clears throat> and that sets up a uh, uh, Seth Rollins, Adam Cole match. Which, talk about dream matches this week. I mean, you've had... We had two of them, at two, least. Well, no, we, we essentially had three because if you consider the triple threat match that happens on... Uh, not triple threat match, um, six-man tag match that happens yeah. on NXT. Yeah. I mean, there's another dream match right there. But, I mean, Adam Cole gets him put in... Two phenomenal matches. Yeah. Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins. And both of them were for the title. And yeah. Seth Rollins, think about this, was the first ever NXT champion. Yep. So think about that duality right there. Yeah. So. Um, and then there was another battle between both rosters. Um, Dijak and Priest 
and Lee and Riddle also made their appearances. And then the rest of the guys in the back, the UE, uh, not the UE, the OC. Yep. Uh, Rollins and a couple other guys. I can't AJ remember. Styles. AJ St- well, yeah, he's part the of the OC. OC. Yeah. Um, Ricochet and a couple other guys. Uh, Ricochet does a top uh, top rope, over the top rope, Suicina. And then Keith Lee does one. Yeah. Because screw it. Why not? Yeah, why not? Biggest guy in the, in the ring is the guy who's going to go diving over the top yeah. rope. And, you know. Yo, imagine a 305 live match between Hanson and Keith Lee. Man, there'd be flips everywhere. Yeah, there would. There'd be backflips. There'd be back elbows. We're not talking spring, about co- we're not spring. talking about cartwheels either. We're talking about over the top rope, yeah. through the to- through the middle rope. Yeah, it'd be insane. Um, then the next point that I have from this show that's really important is the Baylor Lynch Baszler Lynch face to face. I love backstage, well shot, well lit face to face promos. Yeah, because it looks like. Becky's ready to just sit down for a regular old interview, which are kind of things that she's been doing lately with Michael Cole and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, the camera pans and who's sitting there in the room with her? Shayna Baszler. And it's so much better than that split-screen interview crap that they used to do. I like this. It's much better when they're face-to-face actually talking crap to each other. Yeah. Uh, Baszler's basically saying she's not Rousey. She's going to make you tap and make uh, make your limbs break. And I'll even give you the liberty of picking which one. Yeah. And then Lynch is saying, she doesn't give a damn, essentially. She just kind of blew everything off and says, yeah, well, you're just another person I'm going to make tap. So that's going to be a killer match um, between them and uh, Bailey. Yeah, we'll get to our triple threat stuff and we'll get to the... Yeah, we'll get uh, to talk about uh, the three Survivor Series matches that have been announced as of right recording this. Yep. Um, and then the final match, Rollins Cole, the main event. Yeah, which is where you where you get that whole Rollins you know, uh, Rollins wins via DQ after a UE run in. Yep, and then that's where you get the whole you know the whole locker room. It, just true anarchy. Now, did you see the ricochet to- over the top rope, multiple rotation? Oh. God, ricochet is insane. He is, and I mean, he even had a match earlier in the night. You know that. He came out for the save for Rusev. Yeah. You know what I mean? You still had the whole Team Hogan, Team Flair dynamic because yep. you had um, you had Rusev facing McIntyre. Yep. Um, that ended in the DQ because obviously Lashley got himself involved. Yep. And I know we didn't really highlight it, but Lashley came out. He was supposed to have a match with Rusev, but couldn't because he pulled his groin and you know, yeah, that, that whole thing. So he gets McIntyre to come out. McIntyre and Rusev are fighting. Lashley gets himself involved. Then... Randy Orton comes out of the crowd, hits an RKO out of nowhere, kind of just walks away from the whole situation. Yeah. Then Ricochet comes out for the save. It was, again, still keeping that whole Team Hogan, Team Flair dynamic, but I'd like to see a little bit more of the single stuff with a lot of these guys that are yeah. in the ring. I want to see you know, McIntyre, Claymore kick Ricochet in half again. Yeah, I, I, that's I just, always good. It's always good. And I want to see a, a real big push for McIntyre because I think McIntyre, McIntyre, May be the guy, may be the guy who takes the belt off of Lesnar. I don't know. I don't know who will take that belt off Lesnar. It's tough because you're it not, is. It, you're not going to get it. Kane Velasquez it's gonna is going to be a not, face. Kane Velasquez is not going to do it. He's no. going to be out for a little bit. He's got the knee injury. That yeah. That's why that match ended the way it did. Why it was so short and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, I this may be setting up just right. For McIntyre to be the guy. Yeah, there's a chance. I mean, there's a big, big chance. If they decide to take the belt off and give it to Ray, 
I don't see why McIntyre can't just demolish Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I could see it. It, it it's setting up. I almost feel like this is going to be the time when McIntyre is going to get his his chance at the top belt and see what he can do. So with it. I'm going to really forward book right now, and I'm going to jump to fantasy booking because this is a fantasy booking. Ray loses at Survivor Series. Yeah, I, I Ray has that. another match for the belt at Rumble. Wins the belt. Whoever wins the Royal Rumble takes that belt off Ray. Does that set up Drew McIntyre to win the Rumble this year? No, I think Drew McIntyre is going to end up winning the Money in the Bank, and that's how he's going to. And that's how he's going to get the belt. Yeah. So does that mean whoever wins the Rumble goes to the Fiend? And it, it goes just, to the Fiend. And, and is fed to the Fiend. Okay. I I think whoever wins the Rumble is going to get fed to the Fiend. Who or, who who as of right now is your pick to win the Rumble? Looking at the entire roster, including NXT. I have a funny feeling that Rollins is going to win the Rumble again. I think he's going to win it back to back years. I just, I don't see it. I really don't see anybody else on the roster. I mean, it's too far ahead to really be thinking about the Rumble because we still have Survivor Series. We still have um, the pay per view in December. But I have my pick. Daniel Bryan. Oh, uh, yeah, they both are on SmackDown. They are both and on he's SmackDown. And ne- I don't think Daniel Bryan has ever won the Rumble. No, I don't think so either. I think he's ready for a push to win the Rumble. He's had pushes before, but I think he's ready to win the Rumble. He's going to go in looking like the biggest underdog. Again. Yeah, but do you really want to feed Brian to the to the fiend? Yes. Okay. Because he can eat it. Because Bray Wyatt is trying to exercise all of his demons with the fiend, and one of his demons is Daniel Bryan. When Daniel Bryan was part of the Wyatt family, and then turned back on Bray and won against Bray. So yep. he is going to exercise the demon of Daniel Bryan. Okay. By defeating him at Mania Thirty Six to retain his belt. Because it's not going to be Balor yet. Because no. Balor's going to stay in NXT for a while. I think Balor will be up on the main roster. Well, going to be back on Raw SmackDown a lot quicker than people think. I think I think Balor... After Mania. I don't think it's going to be before Mania. I think he's going to have at least three TakeOver matches. So that's going to be Survivor Series weekend, Rumble weekend, Mania weekend. Yeah, but I think he's going to do double duty on Mania weekend. He'll be, on, if, he'll be if, on TakeOver if, and on Mania. What if Balor wins the Rumble? And then he's also challenging for the NXT Championship at Mania Weekend, and then has to challenge for. What if he's holding two belts at the end of Mania? What if he What if he enters back as the Fiend, and the Fiend is what beats? You mean the Demon? The Demon, yeah. The Demon beats the Fiend. Yeah. Or but the Demon. Do- the Demon receives its first loss. I mean, I personally don't like that. I personally want more of what Bal is doing now. But I can almost see them writing themselves into a hole, into a corner, with something like that. And yeah, I, I, want to, I want to see. I Cause, want because because if the demon comes back, the demon is a face. The demon is not a heel. The demon can't be the heel. Well, Prince Devitt used the demon character with the war paint and stuff like that in New Japan. He did in New Japan. In WWE, he has always been a face. Correct, but Bal has always been a face in WWE. This whole heel turn thing is a whole new thing. Who says he can't take the demon and make it a heel? 
Who says that he doesn't enter the Rumble as the Demon and just ru- and wreck shop? I mean, it's real big fantasy book, and I know we're really going off the beaten path with this kind of stuff, but WWE's always been known for kind of just writing themselves into corners. They yeah. can almost write themselves into a corner here with this whole thing with, with, with Bala because you're essentially going to get his grudge match at War Games. He's going to go over Gargano. Yeah. Even though that match hasn't been confirmed, that match is going to happen. He's going to go over Gargano. You're then going to have another two-and-a-half-month build of whoever he's going to go after at that point. Yeah. Which, to me, like we've been saying, I think Balor has no allegiance. That's why he's not doing any of this take um this He's uh, not going to either stuff. show for the agents, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't care about he doesn't care about NXT. I think he could show up at Survivor Series, possibly. I think he could show up at Survivor Series and just wreck everybody. Yeah. Like I said, just have Balor ruin everyone. Yeah. That'd be really good. So that's what I just I don't see Ray coming out of this with the belt, and if he does, he's gonna be he's gonna be fed to Drew McIntyre. I think Drew McIntyre is gonna be your next uh your uh next WWE champion. Yeah, I have this funny feeling that he's gonna be the one who takes the belt off of Lesnar. I really do. Yeah. And now moving on to the Wednesday Night Wars, uh, NXT and All Elite Wrestling. We're gonna talk about what happened. We're gonna talk about how we think one the. Wednesday Night Wars after we go over both shows um, because we want to definitely like give both sides of the story before we tell a, who we thought won. Um, starting with NXT because that's always what we start up. We do WWE, 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 All Elite. Yep. So NXT starts with the OC. Wrecking Shop. Yeah. So they start out by knocking out Redragon. Uh, outside, and I think they knocked out Strong as well. Yeah, Roderick Strong was part of that. Beat yeah, down because uh, um, if I remember correctly, they did a whole like injury angle at the end of uh, Raw with uh, Adam Cole. Like, yeah, the way he got got squashed at the end of that match and stuff like that with <coughs> everybody uh, fighting on top of him and stuff. So, yeah, so the OC ends up making their way out from the crowd, and they make their way into the ring, and. Uh, uh, AJ's cutting a promo and saying that uh, that the OC being in NXT is not just phenomenal, it's undisputed. The, the, there were two really good promos cut in this whole thing between him and then the party that we're going to talk about next. Yeah. But isn't it kind of a cool dynamic that three guys who all came from TNA and New Japan who never got filtered through the NXT system we're in an NXT ring this week. Yeah, I thought it was really, really good. All three of those guys never saw NXT. No. All three of those guys went straight to Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. And it was just cool to see the three of those guys in the ring. The OC came up in uh, late 2015 to take out, uh, I think it was the Usos at the time. And then, is that the Usos or it was the uh, Dudley Boys? Well, it was one of the two. I, I don't remember. but all or, I know- No, Enzo and Cass. Okay. I think it was Enzo and Cass. And then uh, AJ came up at the Rumble. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really cool to see them there. And then out comes Blackheart. Yep. Now his promo, holy crap. Um, you, you go ahead through the promo. So there's a couple of real highlights in this promo to me. The big highlight to me is how he always gets told, when are you going to get to the main roster? When are you going to get to the main show? And then he goes, well, OC, welcome to NXT, the main roster. And 
basically calls out everybody who's sitting on Raw and SmackDown saying, you're not on the main roster. I'm on the main roster. This is the main show. And then he ends up cutting a promo backstage afterwards in which he basically says, you know, I don't care about Adam Cole. I don't care about Undisputed Era. But I don't need someone else walking into my ring and staking their claim. Yeah. This is my house. This is my world. Don't come in here and try to tell me what you're going to do because I'm going to wreck you. It's simple as that. And it was just nice because remember I was talking about the whole um, way SmackDown went off the air with all the NXT roster in the ring looking like they're all joint forces and stuff. Yeah. Go back and watch it a second time. Go back and just look at Tommaso Ciampa. He never takes his eyes off Goldie. Really? Never takes his eye off Goldie. The whole time, he is staring down Adam Cole and Goldie the whole time. He doesn't care about the invasion. About he the just invasion. wants his belt he, back. He just wants NXT to be protected because it's his home. Yeah. And he just wants his he wants his Goldie back. That's now all he cares about. What's really cool is WWE released a new shirt. That has it has like almost a silhouette of Champa, and it's like a a, ye- a darkish yellow silhouette of him sitting on top of the ring post, mm-hmm. and it says Goldie, Daddy's home. That's great. It's a perfect shirt, and, it, and it's great that he's just keeping this angle going because you have everybody else who's kind of like getting together as, yeah, we're NXT. Like you saw heels with faces. That was faces like the with, uh, with Survivor Series. It's Raw joining forces, yeah, and SmackDown see, joining you forces. See, you see Raw guys, Raw Raw, SmackDown guys, Raw Raw. You know NXT guys, Raw Raw. But Tommaso Ciampa, man, he's in his story. He's yeah, he like, is. I want Goldie. You know, I want to protect NXT, and I'll protect NXT with certain guys. You know, you're going to put me with, you know, Matt Riddle. You're going to put me with Keith Lee. Probably Dominic Dijak will be their fourth member. If not, um, if not, um, what's his name? Um, Velveteen Dream. You know, it'll be one of those guys. That's who I, That's who my money's on is uh, Dream. But he still hasn't forgotten what he's here for. Yeah, he's, he's here, here for Goldie. Goldie back. And that's really what he cares about. And it's just great how, again, go back. Please watch SmackDown. Just watch the last five minutes. And just watch Tommaso Ciampa in one corner of the ring. And just watch Adam Cole on the other side. And just watch as Tommaso Ciampa does not take his eyes off Goldie. He isn't isn't reacting to anything Triple H is saying. All he cares about is that belt. And that's all he cares about going forward. He wants to protect the NXT home. He wants to protect Full Sail Arena. But he wants Goldie back. That's his number one thing. And the other thing too is... The way he's talking about how NXT is his house. Who else was talking about how they were NXT a few weeks ago? Johnny Gargano. What happened to Johnny Gargano? He got attacked by uh, Finn Balor. Finn Balor. After War Games, don't be surprised if during War Games there's some type of run-in or altercation with the OC at War Games. And don't be surprised if Finn Balor stakes his claim against Tommaso Ciampa in that match. I could see it. Don't be surprised. And don't be surprised if Balor then shows up at Survivor Series and stakes his claim. Because I have a really, 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 really strong feeling that your Survivor Series match is not going to be a triple threat for the mid-card titles. You're not going to see Strong versus Styles versus Nakamura. You Are, may see- are you going to see Cole versus Styles versus Balor? Nope. You're going to see 
Champa versus Styles. You're gonna see Cole versus Rollins. Okay. You're gonna see no match for Roderick Strong. I don't think he'll be there. You may, if he is up there, it's gonna be some type of triple threat with the other members of. Uh, oh no, because Reed Dragon's in the uh, triple threat yeah, match yeah. already. So I don't think Strong is gonna have any type of match unless he goes up against Nakamura. Possibility. Yeah. But you're gonna see Bala make some type of save versus AJ Styles, Tommaso Ciampa to set up Champa Balor. If Bala doesn't run in during the other match at Yeah. Okay. At I can War see Games. something like that. So that's that's the way I look at it. But everything Champa said, super clean, super concise, to a point. Yeah, I'm here to protect NXT, but I want Goldie. Yeah. That's all and, I care uh, about. Lee and Riddle also make their way out during yeah. that promo. Oh yeah. Um that sets up the main event. Up next, we had a uh, match between Pete Dunne and Damian Priest. This is where, in my opinion, NXT this week became predictable. Because the way their match ended last week was via low blow, two weeks ago, yeah, via low blow into the Arch of Infamy's finisher into a pin. That's how Dunne lost. That's how Damian Priest kept his undefeated streak. When you see the ref getting stuck in the corner, you know it's going to end the same way. Very, very similar. Priest goes for a low blow. Dunn counters. Does a low blow of his own. Hits the bitter end. Pin one, two, three. Damian Priest's... Uh, he didn't pin him. He tapped him. Did he tap him? He tapped him. He he kicked him. Priest fell to the ground. Dunn shrugged his oh, shoulders. Oh, yeah, he did. He broke the finger and then armbar. Broke the fingers, and slapped right. on the armbar, and Tamian Priest tapped super fast. Yeah. Super fast. To me, I had no problem with the way this match ended. It is a perfect mirror image of exactly what happened at their other match. I, I agree that it's a it's a good way that Dunn gets his win back, and it's a good way that this match ends with him pin, uh, tapping. But it was predictable when you see them get stuck in the corner like that. But it allows you to <clears throat> actually set up a true third blow-off match, which, by the way, they're not going to have for some time because what happens after this match with Killian Dane coming down... Dane Dunn. Sends up... No, Dane Dunn, Priest. Because if you'll notice, if you'll remember, Dunn stands there, has the win. Dane comes in, starts beating up Dunn, gets him in the corner. Who comes back into the ring and throws Dane out of the way? Priest. Priest, to get a few shots in. What does Dunn, What does Dane do? Beats the crap out of Priest, throws him out of the ring, then sets up Dunn for a uh, for a Vader bomb in the corner. Dunn's laid out. Dane's trying to leave. Priest attacks Dane again. When he goes to throw a punch, his hand is still hurt. Couldn't throw the punch. Dane sets him up, does a rolling cannonball into the stairs. There you go. Yeah, sets threat. up a triple threat match. And the best part about this is now you have Dane who has really no losses to either one of these guys. He yeah. just has the thing where he got his fingers broken after a match by Pete Dunne. Yeah. And you have one win for Priest, and you have one win for Dunne. And it sets it up so this way that whoever really comes out of this whole War Games triple threat that they may be setting up can then move on to another part of the roster. Yeah. And then you can have your blow-off match with Priest and Dunne, maybe even further down the line when there's higher stakes. When Dunn takes Roderick Strong's title, or when Dunn 
has a different championship on. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? So it leaves it very open, and that's what I liked. Sure, you knew that that Dunn was eventually going to get his win back, and you knew it was going to be in a very mirrored image way. But the thing about it is you have someone like Damian Priest who in the first match just basically overpowered Dunn. And in this match, Dunn showed he was a very powerful wrestler, not just technical, yeah. but very powerful and was attacking him with you know, suplexes and not trying to do a lot of the stuff that he had done previously in the last yeah. match. He learned from his mistakes and that's how he was okay. able to then take Priest out in this match. Okay. So that's that's where I sit with it. I I understand what you're saying though, where, you know, you saw you saw the low blow coming. I saw the low blow coming too, but I also like the way it went from a low blow into Pete Dunn just kinda standing there like, okay, time to write time to end this match. Yeah, true. All right. Uh after that was a women's division match between Santana Garrett and Tanera Conti. I am big fans of both of these women. Yes. They are both very, very good wrestlers. And it was a bit upsetting for me because this was Santana Garrett's NXT TV debut. And she lost to Tanera Conti. Yeah, but Tanera Conti is that next tier down. She's definitely building her her name. Yeah, they're building her as that next women's wrestler to go into... She's gonna, she's gonna when like Baszler goes up and Rhea goes up, she's gonna fill that like Blair and Yim spot at the bottom of the top. As everybody else moves up, yeah, as the bottom of the top, essentially. Because Yim, I'd say, is the bottom of the top right now. Yim and Belair. Yim, Yim, Belair, Dakota Kai, and Tegan Knox, kind of right now. Well, Tegan Knox and stuff like that, Team Kick are just a team right now. They're yeah. a true tag team, so they yeah. should be. They should be. Um, kind of lumped in at the same time and they're both just coming back from injury exactly the yeah. thing with this match though was that it there was a lot of missed spots you know what i mean Which but sucks. that's also because of santana's not used to the nxt stage she's and, more used to the uh independent stage no and i understand that it's just it it sucks that when you're when you're putting out such a good product week in and week out and you're trying to display these new wrestlers it almost works better to display in the same way that AEW is doing it which is through their dark you know what i mean get them on dark segments that you're going to yeah. put on the WWE network yeah. versus putting them on a television. On live TV. Exactly. <clears throat> because, don't get me wrong, you could have done a match maybe with Santana Garrett, but you could have maybe had her lose to somebody who's a little bit more... Um, Prominent. Exactly. Have her lose to Bianca Belair. Exactly. You know, Belair could have had a match yeah. this week. The way you set up some of the matches, it didn't really work, so you could have done it differently. And then allowed for certain yeah. aspects to happen the way that they happened later on in the night because you had back to back women's matches at this point too. Yeah. So, um, speaking of back to back, we had uh, Shayna Baszler taking on Dakota Kai, which that was a good match. It was and, a good uh, match. Dakota Kai taps out. Yep. To the uh, what is the what is she calling that lock? The uh, uh it's so, it's basically a headlock tap out. Kind of thing. Yeah, it's almost like a. a it's it's choking the, the, her out essentially. The, uh, Caracuna clutch. That's right. Yeah, Caracuna clutch. Um, and then both teams come out and they have a brawl. Um, both war games teams. Yeah. Well, it all starts because um the three horsewomen Shafir and Duke beat the crap start, out, beat out of uh, Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai, and, and then, then the uh, faces try to come out, but they yeah. get stopped. Yeah. By the heels. Yep. And then uh, Mia Yim comes down with I. Think it was a kendo. Oh, it was stick. a kendo stick because it it started splintering all over the place. Yeah, and she started laying into Shayna and laying into Duke and Shafir and Shirai, everybody and Belair and Belair. And after that, there was a backstage segment 
which announces the last member of Rhea's team because it was Rhea, Knox, Yim, or Rhea, Knox, Larray, and then announced as the last member, Mia Yim. Because of her brutality. Yes. Rhea Ripley went back to, you know, that was just straight brutality, and that's what I want on my team. Yeah. And if you notice, Dakota Kai kind of gets a sad look in her face. I mean, she just went out there and put her heart out there to audition for this team. Yeah, and she gets passed up by someone who just comes out. To make the save. To make the save. And this sets up a conversation that Dave and I had. That Team Ripley is set. But Team Baszler still has one spot left. And the big names are set right now with Belair and Shirai. Who have their counterbalances on the yes. other side. Uh, Belair's being Yim. Yim. And Eos uh, being Larray. So who is Tegan Knox's counterbalance? It's looking like it could be a heel Dakota Kai. Because if you saw that Knox was super happy about uh, Yim joining the team and all that, but she was still comforting Dakota Kai. But Kai looked had a look in her eyes like, I feel like I should be on this team. Why am I not on this team? Yeah. Because she, in my opinion, has a bit more relevancy than Tegan Knox in main roster NXT. Because she didn't go through UK. Knox went through UK. But that's, so, where the, that's where the relationship with Ripley and Knox starts. Exactly. That's where, that's where Ripley ends up on the team because of the relationship that they previously have from their UK time. Yeah. So, we don't know. It could be announced to someone else down the line. We'll, we'll see. Uh, up next, we had Angel Garza taking on Tony Nese for the number one contendership for the uh, 205 Live uh, Cruiserweight Championship. I don't know what I think of Angel Garza's rip-off pants gimmick. I think it's fine. It's part of who he is. You know what I mean? Gets all the women all hot and bothered. <laughs> I mean, that's part of his That's part of his whole thing. That's part of his whole... Shtick. The, the, the mustache, the, the Hispanic... Yeah. It's, uh, it's part of his whole shtick, and it, and, it, and it works for him. And the thing is, is like... You know, they've had some pretty good promo packages the last couple of weeks when it comes to Angel Gaza. Because they've had to kind of like build that character a little bit after, you know, the Blackheart absolutely crushed him in the one match. Yeah. But this really sets up something nice because him and... Rush. Rush are again... Just and po- Garza is the heel in this situation because Rush comes out to shake his hand. And he just slaps and Garza him. just smacks him across the face and goes back. Yeah, and Garza gets to make look like the real deal. Because he basically beat a former 205 Live yeah. champion. He beat and Tony Nese. You know, uh, what's he call himself? The 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 perfect athlete? The It's something like that, yeah. It's it's good that Nice is on TV, and I don't mind him taking this fall, because it helps build up someone like Garza. Tony, uh, you're saying Tony Nese? Yeah. The to- premier athlete. The premier athlete, that's what it is. I thought you were talking about Garza. I was like, no. Oh. Um, It's good for Nice to, to get on TV, Yeah, and it's good for the 205 division to see what they're doing at this particular time. Yeah, exactly. Which is building up other talents. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Garza gets a title right away. No, 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 no. It's going to be on Rush for a bit. Yeah, because it's next week on NXT that they're having that match. Yeah, and he's and Rush isn't dropping that belt that quick. No, it's been it I mean, he's only ha- he hasn't really had too many defense. He hasn't had any defenses so far. 
No, I don't think so. So he's not going to lose it on his first defense. He may have he may have defended it on a two hundred five live, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure at all. Any who's um, the uh, second War Games match was announced that there is going to be two War Games matches. Uh, Team Champa versus the UE. Team Champa right now is Lee Riddle Champa, so we're missing one member. You said Dijak. Dijak. I said it could be Dream. The reason I don't think it's Dijak because Dijak right now is working heel because he had a match just after that announcement with Swerve Scott. That match was clunky because I don't think Dijak's heel. Just because he faces, you can have face versus face matches. Yes, but I, in my opinion, Dijak works better as a heel. The problem is, is this is, again, where people can kind of get lost in the shuffle. Dijak, I mean, yeah. Dijak's kind of sitting in that tweener role. Yeah, I can ag- I can agree with that. He's not a baby face. No, he's, he's not a baby face he's whatsoever. A, but he's a face because he and Lee basically were able to like counterbalance each other in the dynamic against the Roderick Strong in the Roderick Strong match. True, and Lee is a Lee is a pure baby face. And Lee is a pure baby face. So you could have Dijak as that mid tweener. Now that doesn't mean that they've already proved that they can kind of work together for a common cause against the UE. Yeah. So that's kind of why... That's Okay, you have a good shout there. You, that's why you can almost see that match happening because you're basically going to have your quote-unquote tag team that's kind of working right now, which yeah. is Riddle and, Riddle and Lee yep. with Redragon. Yeah. Then you're actually going to have that dynamic of Dijak and Lee versus Strong, and then you're also going to have the dynamic of Chamber and Cole. Now, but yes, that's also why I said Dream because Dream and Strong have, have had this past exactly uh, um, feud exactly, and that's where yours makes sense. And I, you know, yours I, makes sense as well. I just I think um, screw it, make it a five five on nah, four. Nah, it won't be a five on four. It won't that won't happen. But make Dream it a five been, on five. Throw Balor in there. <laughs> Dream has been Dream has been MIA for a couple of weeks and building to the War Games match. He could come back. He could come back. Yeah. And he could cut a promo in which, you know, he comes, not even cut a promo. He could come down and make a save. Yeah, true. You know, um, because Dijak, like you said, who knows what he's going to, what they're going to do with him. I would like to see Dijak in a, in a wall games match in a cage where he could basically do all the flips and stuff that he does. Yeah. I think it would be incredible. His six foot seven big man flips. Um, but either one of those guys would be good to have on, on team Champa. Yeah, and but, I think I think both those teams, the female team, and the male team, don't get announced next week. I think it's the week right before. I think on the yeah, go home show, it's going to be the go home. Yeah, um, in that match, uh, Dijak wins with the uh, the feast your eyes, which such is a such finisher. a great move, such a great finish. It's essentially a uh, go to sleep, but backwards. Yeah, he has a guy basically in a luger in a luger rack. Yeah, and then he flips him over and go to sleep. Yeah, GTS. Um, then we had the main event, the OC versus Team Champa. Um, I wrote some notes here and I'm just going to read it. Very exciting main event. Brawl starts before a match. Non-stop action. Match doesn't end in a fall after a distraction and bloody Sunday to riddle by Finn Balor. AJ Styles and Balor throw up their signs. The two sweet and the finger guns. AJ Styles hits a Styles Clash to Champa, then eats a super kick by Adam Cole. And then Cole hits the lost shot on Champa. 
Then that ends with a face-to-face of Adam Cole and Finn Balor. Balor on the ramp, Cole in the center of the ring. Oh my god. That was probably my favorite ending out of what we've had lately. No. No. It's like a Oh, Balor's heel turn? It's a a distant third. Behind Balor's heel turn and the War Games announcement? No, you had um, (sighs) the UE. Oh, yeah, the UE winning on week one. That's right. Okay. You know what I mean? This is a good third, don't get me wrong, but Ballas heel turn, and then the UE... UE holding all the gold. All but the, that wasn't how the show ended. No, the show that ended... That was how the hour, first hour correct. ended. But again, now that two hours are on USA, I'm going off the first hour from USA. Okay. Because that, that episode was only one hour on USA. Yeah. The second hour happened on NXT. On uh, WWE Network. On WWE Network, correct. Okay. So um, that that image of those four at the top of the ramp with all the gold... Yeah. And then obviously Ballas heel turn, um, and then this one is good. Um, it's just it's a little it became a little clunky with everyone in the ring, but like I said, it really harvests back to the fact that NXT, as much as they may be a quote unquote united to protect NXT and have no problems with going to Raw and SmackDown to make their stake their claim. They have to realize that they have threats in NXT. In their own ranks. Yeah. So, you know, that's why Cole comes out and makes the save versus AJ and then has no problem hitting the last shot on Champa. Champa, Because Champa calls him out at the beginning of the episode and Champa's been staring down Goldie on SmackDown and Champa's been doing all this stuff saying, Yeah, I still want Adam Cole. Yeah. So it's nice to see that they're going to be almost a unified front because you're not going to see. Cole and Champa on the same team. No, you won't for Survivor Series, and you may even see something where Champa may cost Cole a match in Survivor Series, or Cole may, uh, or Cole may cost Champa, or the UE may cost Champa, or Fall- or Finn Balor may just cost everybody. Yeah, I NXT, can see that. NXT isn't Cole. NXT isn't Champa. NXT isn't Gargano. NXT, NXT is, is Balor. Period. Yeah. And he doesn't stake his claim that he's he's there to support main roster, you know, Raw or SmackDown, because he even called those guys out in his promo last week. Yeah. He's just there to say, I'm Finn Balor. I'm here to ruin everybody. Yeah. Just get out of my way. Don't don't come into my home. Don't come into Full Sail and say that you're NXT. You're not NXT. Yeah. I'm NXT. Yeah. I bleed black and gold. And now we're going to be moving on to all elite wrestling uh, the October 30th edition of All Elite. The Go Home Show. And it was the Go Home Show to Full Gear, which is their third pay-per-view, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Because they had Double or Nothing, All Out, and now they're having Full Gear. Yep. This is a really good show. This is a really, really quality show. AEW consistently puts out quality. Yeah. Um, Pac and Trent, Trent Beretta, have a match. Orange Cassidy. Our boy Orange Cassidy, he has a moment with Pac. Yes. And he starts doing his like devastating super kicks and just gets knocked the hell out. Yeah. And match ends, uh Pac tapping Trent well, and I mean, with the uh the the rings of Saturn. Yeah, which is again, it's important for Pac to keep compiling these wins. Wins mean a lot in AEW and he needs to continue to compile them because he has to continue to move himself up the hierarchy of the, the chains. Yeah. yeah. Um, after, uh, he calls out Adam Page 
and saying that I will destroy you at full gear, essentially. Which that's going to be a good match. That's going to be a solid match. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably going to end up paying the the money to watch this pay per view. I might try and find some way to get it. Um. Uh. Next, we had a very very good fired up promo by Cody in the ring. Uh. Fa- uh. With Tony Schiavone, um, prepping for full gear, saying that uh, he is not just a businessman, but he is the one that built this industry, this promotion from the ground up, and he has put his heart and soul into this. And if he can't win the belt at full gear, he will never challenge for the AEW title again. Which makes sense, because they shouldn't put the belt on him. No, they shouldn't. He should be like the Triple H right now. Well, no, I think he should, I don't want to say he should always be the chaser, um, but there is significantly better talent that should hold that title before Cody. And I don't think he's never going to go after the title again. He's never going to go after Jericho holding the belt. Correct. Because he's going to, he's going to have the belt when. He'll take it off of MJF. No, he won't take it off MJF. He'll. He'll eventually get it at some point off of somebody. It's got it's gonna have to be a face because Cody's eventually gonna turn heel. Yeah. And when Cody turns heel, that's when you put the belt on the best in the world. Kenny Omega. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's when you like when you like you were talking about when you were doing your whole uh predictions for what AEW's gotta do with certain characters and yeah. we were talking okay. about how Kenny Omega is going to just consistently be that guy chasing just like the young bucks they're going to consistently be the people chasing and then Kenny Omega is going to be like listen you may have been the guy who started this but yeah. I'm the face that came here and I'll I tell you the something reason right now, that people are watching I will put my job my career on the line here at AEW for that belt if you put that belt on the line and that's when and that's Omega, when Omega will win the wins belt. the belt yeah like you had mentioned previously okay um, very, very good. Um, next we had a match between the Dark Order and the Private Party. Private Party keep winning. I know. And it's really good. They didn't win the tag tourney, which it's understandable SCU, um, won that. Yeah. Because they deserved it. But Private Party beat the Bucks, and now they beat the Dark Order. Yeah. And it's weird because the Dark Order had the bye. Yeah, they did. And they've and lost, they've lost two twice. Row. They've lost two in a row. They went, they, they won three to get the bye. Yeah. And now they've lost two. Since they've had the buy, yeah, exactly. So, um, but they're they're really doing some really interesting things with this uh with the private party. I don't think they're gonna put the belt on them. No, they won't. I think they'll I think they'll be the next to contend for the belts. But I think that I think the next people who end up getting the belts are Lucha Bros. Yeah, they will. They, Lucha Brothers will be the next ones. To or win LAX. The belt. I feel like it could be LAX and then the Lucha Brothers. Yeah, actually, the Lucha Brothers could take it off. LAX. Now that I'm thinking about it, because you're gonna put all the belts in the inner circle. in the inner circle right now. Yeah. Um, up next, we had Emmy Sakura and Jamie Hayter uh, facing Rio and Shayna. And Rio gets rolled up by Sakura. The most devastating move in all of wrestling. Your champion gets rolled up. So, Rio, I saw posted on Twitter, it because her first language is Japanese. Mm-hmm. So, this is tough for her. But it says, I am depressed. I will win... I will retain at full gear. So I believe they're setting up for a match between Sakura, Sakura and Rio mm-hmm. at full gear for that belt since Sakura has the pin on Rio right now. Rio's retaining. 
Yeah, they, Rio yeah. will retain that belt. Yeah, yeah. the The next person to get that belt will probably be, um, it's not Nyla Rose. Is it Nyla Rose? Yeah, Nyla Rose, and then Britt Baker will win it, and then be a Priestley mm-hmm. is what I think is going to be the next few champions. Yeah, the way it kind of cascades out. Yeah. Um. After that, we have Sean Spears, the chairman, uh, defeated Brandon Cutler in a pretty quick match. Um. But then, what was really good? He won with the DVD. Um, and then he tries to set up a chair to do a DVD onto a chair and then outruns the bad boy, Joey Janela, who I believe has been shelved lately with injuries after his match with Kenny Omega. Cause they had this crazy hell on earth match or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think that's setting up a new feud for, uh, Sean Spears against Joey Janela, which is going to be really good. No, it's going to be very good. Because obviously you got the chairman. Yeah. And Janela's just a maniac. Yeah, Janela's crazy. Janela almost ended his career two years into it after jumping off a roof into a truck bed uh, covered by ladders, covered by tables, covered by light tubes. Yeah. And shattered his back. Yeah. I, I mean, this is going to set up nicely, and it's going to set up nicely so this way Janela can go over. Oh, yeah. Because I'm not saying that's who Spears is going to be, but Spears is going to get wins against guys he's going to get wins again. And yeah. then he's going to be the guy... That is going to put faces over because of the fact that he's a heel. Yeah. Now, again, Janela isn't a true baby face. No, he's not. Janela is a tweener face. Yes. Like we like we we, we talk about people. Yeah, because he can work heel against Omega, but then he'll work face against Spears. Yes, exactly. Because Spears is heel, true heel. Omega is a true face, and yeah. then you got that guy in the middle, which yeah. works nicely. Um, and then up next was the main event, uh, the Inner Circle, uh, Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. Taking on Omega and Paige. And the inner circle wins again. Well, yeah. Gotta keep them strong. And Jericho hits the Judas Effect, your favorite move in wrestling. The Judas Effect against Paige, I believe. And yeah. then one, two, three, pin. Then outruns Cody for the save. Then outruns, I think, Hager. Then outruns the Bucks. Then outruns LAX. And they have this whole huge brawl, which is exactly what you'd expect going into full gear. What was really cool is I think it was Nick Jackson was on top of the stage on top of that middle section and jumps off and leg drops onto everybody. And that whole show is why I think AEW won this week. So, because it's the go-home show, you knew they were going to bring were everything out. Pull out all the stops. To me, WWE had the ingredients with NXT this week with the way they yeah. were working the invasion angle. Um, but one sloppy match is really what turns it for me. You know what I mean? Both matches kind of had a okay women's match. Yeah. The women's tag team match in AEW just was, came across yeah, cleaner. It was really good. Even though it had another roll-up finish. Roll-up finish. Yeah. The fact that you had your first matches of yeah. two females on this mat on this on this show for it. NXT really hurt it in my opinion. Yeah. And that's why AEW definitely gets the point because again it's a it's a go home show. So you knew they were gonna bring all the stops out. They were gonna do everything that they could to try to pop a rating because NXT just based on all the buzz that was happening over the last two shows for WWE was definitely going to pop a rating this week. And I'm, and I'm sure that they did. I, I didn't look any of that stuff up yet. But I'm sure that they popped a slightly bigger rating than than AEW because of everything that was happening for what you were expecting. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're saying. And uh, 
So I think the current standings are four two NXT right now. Mm-hmm. NXT is leading four to two in the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, it's good to see AW get a win this week. I mean, because they've been doing really really good stuff. It's just NXT has been edging it over just slightly the yeah, past couple of weeks. But then again, it, it, it's things like the roll up last week. Yeah. I mean, trust me, the roll up pisses me off this week too. It yeah, just, it pisses. It should me have been off. a clean pen. Well, it's tough to clean pin your champion. Real, real should have never been involved in the finish. Yeah, it should have been Shayna. Exactly. You don't. You don't need a champion taking a pinfall. We talk about all the time the women's tag team champions in the WWE eating falls and losing. They ate one this week. They ate one this. We didn't talk Natalia about that. Talia gets a puts a sharpshooter on Oscar and Oscar taps. That's someone who should never tap. Specifically as heel. Correct. She tapped his face against Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Yeah. Which was her first loss and started her slow decline into catering. Yeah. Then she got a little bit of a boost when she won the the SmackDown Championship. And then back down. Back down to catering. And ever since the Kabuki Warriors have been put back into relevancy, won the belts, and as heels, they've been going back up. Going back up. But this sharpshooter tap out could hurt the Kabuki Warriors in a big way. Yeah, it could. And that's what drives me nuts about your champions eating pins because Rio could almost become cannon fodder. Yeah. Because she was dumb and got rolled up. And I don't like that, but I did not like the women's match in NXT this past week. And I'm not talking about the Baszler match because the Baszler match was really good. No, we're talking about the Tanera Conti Santana Garrett match. Exactly. That match. Just was sloppy, off-paced, many misses, not, not botches, just missed spots you could tell. And you couldn't tell that... T- um, um, Tanera Conti? Yeah, was hitting her finisher. Yeah. Because they, were, they weren't even building up to it being her finisher. Yeah. So it's just it's it's things like that. And good for AEW. They put a, a, together a great go-home match, which is what they needed to do. Because yeah. you're, you're leading into your pay-per-view and you want to get buys on your pay-per-view. Because yeah, they, don't have exactly. an, they don't have an app. No, they don't have a streaming service right exactly. now. It's basically Bleacher Report Live. Yeah, it's Bleacher Report Live. And it's, okay, uh, Xfinity's charging their fans $60 to watch yeah, this exactly. pay-per-view. So. Yeah. Um, got a few, uh, few notes here before we uh, close out our show. Um, one unfortunate, unfortunate injury. It's going to have her sideline till mid of 2020. A shoulder injury to Alexa Bliss, the goddess, is going to sideline her. Um, but that's why you're seeing Cross get her singles That's push. Yeah, which, be it, I love Nikki Cross, but it's still sad to see oh, yeah. Bliss uh, be out for a bit. Um, Orton sign. Oh, Before you, you go anywhere, could you see the E holding back Nia Jackson until Bliss returns? And almost doing a Shawn Michaels Diesel thing with them too. I could see it. Yeah, I could see that. She's look with Jax becomes the muscle because you're 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 almost erasing everything that happened with the whole bully aspect because it's happened yeah. so long ago. You could almost build to Nia Jax being Diesel, Alexa Bliss being Shawn Michaels, and and Shawn Michaels going for the belt again. Do you know what I'm saying? I could see it. Yeah, and and hold off Jax for a little bit longer. 
Yeah. Because okay. um, I don't know what her recovery is looking like. I know. I'm not sure. Either. I know that they were showing some stuff on Total Divas of her getting on top of the the ropes and stuff like that already. But I don't know yeah. if that was pre injury or post injury because I don't really watch Total Divas. I just saw yeah. it as a highlight package. And I know uh, Ruby Riot is on the men. She'll be back very soon. Yeah. So I almost feel like you should feed Ruby Riot back into the women's division. I think Ruby Riot will be will return at the Rumble. Yeah. And then if you're going to be holding out until mid 2020, which means SummerSlam, Postmania or SummerSlam, yeah. Maybe she, get, maybe both of them get the Mania pop. Okay. The Monday Night Raw after Mania. Yeah. Where the music hits and then, you know, something's going on and she's like, oh, no, no, no. I got my muscle with me. And then Nia Jax has new, yeah. has new music and has a new look. Because they yeah. need to, ch- first of all, I hate, I hate her theme song. Yeah. It, it doesn't fit her. It doesn't fit her. And Tamina's se- theme fits Tamina better than uh, yeah. Nia's fits And Nia. you could, you could almost build a stable with Tamina, Jax, and Bliss where Tamina and Jax could almost be the AOP, and Bliss could be the talking piece. I could see that. There's different things like that. Yeah. But I almost feel like... now, there's actually the belts, because I think Jax and Tamina went for the belts, but Jax got injured Yeah. shortly before that match, so that's what... After. Yeah, that's why they didn't put the belts on That's why they didn't put the belts on him, yeah. Yeah. So, I feel like you could have your comeback of Bliss, of Jax at the same time, hold off Jax... For a little longer, she may be ready, but you yeah. may want to just keep her at the performance center for a little bit. Clean up some of the stuff that everyone talks bad about her. She yeah. hurts a lot of people. Yeah, and bring Ruby Riot back first. Let Ruby yeah. Riot get a little bit of a run. Maybe reform the Riot Squad, and then D- depends on what they do with Liv Morgan. No, exactly. But you could almost substitute Liv Morgan for Nikki Cross. Yeah, and Nikki then, Cross, uh, Sarah Logan, and uh, Ruby Riot. Yeah, and then you then subsequently have. Alexa Bliss come back, feeling she's been double crossed by Nikki Cross by joining another group, and then you get her muscle. And okay, you could build those two stables to go up against each other for a little bit. Maybe, okay. maybe even have Ruby Riot hold a bit belt. She yeah, never, I could see that. It, she's it, never held a belt, but it, she needs to. Again, this is kind of fantasy booking. We're kind of like spilling a little bit, but that's how I would bring back Alexa Bliss. It sucks that she's hurt. Yeah, but you're gonna get a nice singles push for Nikki Cross. Yeah, you're gonna. You, you can almost write and build something really well for those six women. Yeah. To not put them in the main title picture. You know, they may not win the... There may be a mid-card title at this point that they could all battle over. Yeah. And have the tag titles actually hold some weight at that point, too. True. Um, after that, uh, I have Orton signs a new five-year extension, but no one wants to face him at Mania. Pretty much guarantees that Orton's going to break all the records. Yeah, he will. Yeah. He'll beat... He'll beat uh, Flair's record, yeah, one hundred percent. Cena won't. It'll be it'll be Orton. It's funny because we didn't even bring him up against Lesnar. No, we didn't. didn't even bring him up. He could he could be somebody who takes the belt off Lesnar. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? But again, the five years almost guarantees that they're gonna put the they may they may put the big belt on him three more times. So this way he can pass. He'll be seventeen. Pass Cena and pass Flair. Yep. Um, we got four new uh performance center signings. Oh man, I was so excited when I saw this. And at the same time, I am so scared for one of the people. Yeah. So scared. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart, who is a phenomenal independent talent. Uh, Indy Hartwell. Stephen Smith, who got signed on as a referee. And who Dave is talking about. Scarlett Boudreaux. Now, if anybody doesn't know who she is, go look up her stuff in, in Impact. Yeah. Impact and ROH. Yes. Um... Two reasons why I'm scared for her. One, she fits the image of what McMahon sees women as as wrestlers. Yep. 
voluptuous, scantily clad, and use their body as a way like what they do with Mandy Rose all the time. Yep. Which is selling sells. Yes. Okay. My other thing that scares me for her is she's a Scott Steiner girl. And Scott Steiner's history with the WWE, his opinions of the WWE. Yep. Sins of the father is what I always say. The sins of the father may rub off on the daughter on this point where the WWE will look at her and say, well, you know what? You've been associated for Scott Steiner. We're going to bury you just because you're associated with Scott Steiner. Now, I think she has a great opportunity here with the WWE, but I'm afraid that they're just going to go back to the well with her, with her whole sex sells imaging. And yeah. I don't want that because she's had some funny matches with Joey Ryan on the independence. But yeah. And, but and Joey Ryan Joey Ryan is that funny. Exactly. Wrestler. And that's why Joey Ryan doesn't go to AEW. That's why yeah. Joey Ryan isn't going to WWE. The guy the guy his shtick would never get over. People grabbing at him and him doing a hip toss using him, you know, it, yeah. It's something that's not going to get over in the WWE at this yeah. point. Now, another thing, as you said Scott Steiner, St- Scott Steiner girl. That also gets me scared. For a phenomenal female talent in this world, probably one of the best women's wrestlers in this world, is known as uh, Mama Pump, and that is Jordan Grace. Mm-hmm. She has done the Scott Steiner gimmick numerous times in Impact, and she is a Scott Steiner girl. Yeah, but I hope they treat her right because she is that good of a talent. Yeah, because isn't she at the PC as well? No, she's signed with Impact right now. Oh, okay, okay. But, she is but signed... Im- but she doesn't have to be afraid at Impact because Impact is a Scott Steiner yes. staple at this point. I'm just saying she's if, eventually going to find her day to, way to the E. because well, She if, may find a way to AEW. True. It all, Wherever she goes, Jonathan Owens will go. Yeah. Uh, is that it? Um, I'm trying to remember what his... Uh, the Octopus. Okay. Um, he'll find it wherever they find, they're going to find their way together. Yeah. Because they're a couple and they're not going to split each other. They're not going to split themselves up. Well, I mean, there are couples who are split currently. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about like Peyton Royce and her boyfriend are split. And the Spears. Yeah. And then you talk, obviously the big one is, uh, John Moxley and Renee and Young. And Renee Young. Yeah. That's a big one. You know yeah. what I mean? But most couples are going to try to keep themselves together. So long. So, cause, cause they were both already signed by the E Royce and Spears and Moxley and Renee. Yeah. And it was just two of them left. Yeah, it was just bad. Blood. Neither of them are not neither of them are signed to AEW or WWE right now. Mm-hmm. So, it's not like one's going to go to the E and the other one's like, "Oh, I didn't get signed by the E, but I'm going to get signed by AEW. I'm going to go there." They're going to go together or not go at all. Yeah, they're going to go as a package. Yeah. So, who knows? Um so, we also have three confirmed matches for Survivor Series. We have the Women's Triple Threat which I have my way it's going to end, and Dave has his way it's going to end. Yep. Uh, Ray versus Brock for the WWE title and the tag team triple threat. Now, we're not going to pre-book these now. No. We're going to wait until we have our Survivor we have, Series preview we have show two weeks. till we do that. So, I think that calls our show to a close. Yeah. Pretty much hit every point. Yep. AEW gets their point this week. Yes, they do. Um, The invasion angle worked very well. Oh, yeah, it did. It worked very well. Um, Champa Needless lo- to say, Champa Dave and I had goldie. a long conversation on our way to Philadelphia about what WWE is doing. Yeah, yeah, and and it was nice because everything was kind of happening last week, um, right as we were leaving. 
and we were able yeah, to kind of like watch everything almost happen in real time as we're, you know, tra- doing our travels and stuff like that. Yep. And then we come back Monday, and you have what happens on Raw. Yeah. You get a little bit of a breather on Tuesday, and then Wednesday, everything yeah, everything hits it. you in the tr- in the and, face. And it's nice. And I was wrong. Cole was attacked as part of the UE. Yes. We watched a highlight. Um, uh, in between segments. In between segments. And um, Cole suffers a quote-unquote laceration above his eye, and that's why he's got the tape on at the end of the episode yep. and stuff like that. So I think WWE is doing a lot of things right right now. I think AEW is really pushing hard into the pay-per-view. Yep. Um, one thing we didn't do is we didn't go over the AEW card as far as winners and losers going into this pay-per-view. I'll, um, put, a, I'll put a Facebook post up. I feel... We've already discussed this, but Jericho is going to retain. Jericho retain. MJF is going to stab Cody in the back. Cody in the back, and Moxley is going to beat uh, Omega. Yep, Moxley will beat Omega. And um, then I think Rio uh, is going to retain her title. Rio is going to retain, and Pac going to win. Yeah, Pac has to win. Yeah, pa- Pac Pac's not going to be paid. Pac continue has to continue to win because he's going to be. He's he's a. Uh, it's weird because the crowd cheers Pac very little, but the crowd hates Jericho. And uh, I think that Pac may be that first true contender against yeah, Jericho. I can see that. So this way, you're getting almost a heel-heel dynamic yeah. where there's going to be no turn in that match. It's just going to be like, man, we don't like these guys, but man, they put on a good show. Yeah. So that's the way I look at uh, AEW kind of filtering out after this pay-per-view. Yeah, but it'll definitely be interesting. And next week, we'll have a full recap on uh, Full Gear. Yes. So uh, oh, if any of you doinks want to get together with me, I will order the pay-per-view. So if anybody wants to get together, wants to hang out, wants to watch this pay-per-view as a Doink family, let me know. Reach out to me. You know how to get to me on Facebook. Yeah, and and if we can get a, a, a group together, I will join. I know I have a very busy weekend ahead of me, and if I can make my way there, if there is going to be a small group of people, uh, definitely reach out, and I will join yeah, uh, for the show. Anybody reach out to me. We'll make it happen. You know what I mean. And even if not, I will be. I'll watch the show on my own, and I will Facetime or Skype in or whatever. Oh, we'll definitely Skype you. In. Don't yeah. worry. Well, who uses Skype? We're gonna use Facetime. Apple products, my friend. Yeah, go Apple. All right. So I think that's gonna call this episode to close. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Of course, we want uh, comments, questions, concerns, like, feedback, share, subscribe, everything. Uh, but yeah, two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.